0: Hi there, my name is Jonathan. I'm the host here at The Venue RX, and our mission is to document and share the best practices for building, owning, operating, and managing world-class wedding venues. Our company, Common Sense Events, is a venue management company that consults, manages, and operates venues all over the US. I'm here to share the mindset and methods that have worked for us in the past and are working for us now as we continue to build our venue management company. Thank you so much for listening. Please consider subscribing and sharing this, and let's get to the show. What's up everyone? Jonathan here with The Venue Rx and on this show, as you know, we are passionate about documenting and sharing best practices for owning, operating, managing, running world-class wedding venues. And we are here today in the series that we have uh, talking to real wedding venue owners. And we have a wedding venue owner here actually, uh, really excited to be able to talk to Kelly in person because typically We do these over Zoom and, you know, Kelly lives locally here uh, in the area. So she was willing to come on down. And so Kelly Winter, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me.
1: You're listening to the Venue Rx Podcast.
0: Awesome. Well, I am so excited to start talking about some of the topics we're going to be talking today. As you know, if you've watched any of these other ones on YouTube or listened on the podcast, you know we're asking the questions uh, that you want to know the answers to. As far as you know, what are what are venue owners doing as far as pricing goes and marketing and what's the process like? Like, what's it actually like to own and operate a wedding venue? And Kelly actually is in. A very interesting situation right now. Indeed. As well. And so we're gonna be unpacking that a little bit. um, And and as far as it goes into like the permitting process, what she's dealing with with the city in her local area, and just really unpack your story a little bit as far as your experience owning this venue. So let's jump right into it. Let's do it, shall we? All right. What do you want (laughs) to know? Okay, so I would love to know. I'm, I'm passionate about origin stories. Okay. And just kind of understanding what was it like, like what was going through your head before you owned the wedding venue to yes. like saying, hey, this is something that I actually wanna do. I'm passionate about this, let's let's make this happen. Give us okay. that story.
1: Ground floor of this would be when I was a very little girl, strangely okay. enough. <laughs>
0: I love it, tell me more. Um,
1: so you know, when you always ask little kids, what do you wanna be when you grow up? Yep. I would always say park ranger, park ranger. Okay. <laughs> My dad tried to explain to me that that means you're going to be in a ticket booth. I don't think that's true, but that was always in the back of my head. You know, I wanted to be a park ranger. So um, then I grew up and I went through college and I realized I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I did love the outdoors and I wanted to travel. So I thought, okay, I'm going to put myself, well, actually, my dad put me through beauty school um, so that I could have that as. A backup in case I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do with my life. So um, we, so I went through beauty school and that's how I got into the wedding industry because I started doing hair and makeup for weddings. Wow. That's how I got in. Okay. Um, And then, you know, of course it continued. So my sister, there are five, there are six of us and there are five girls. So the third sister was a wedding coordinator. Okay. And she, um, when we would be working the same wedding, she would kind of pull me in as an assistant. So then I kind of got my feet wet there. Um, and then I started um, mentoring under a photographer. So then I did photography. Um, and then I started realizing I want to someday have a wedding venue. So I thought the best way to do this was kind of walk through everybody's shoes. Mm-hmm. So I learned how to be a coordinator. I learned how to be a photographer. Um, I had rentals um, that I was doing rentals and design. And then I did coordinating myself. And that's kind of how it went. So I tried to walk through everybody's shoes so that when I got a venue, I would be able to understand how the perfect flow would work and that it would be just natural because I would understand what every venue vendor would need that's how. So you really had an opportunity
0: to kind of see each, you saw the event, you saw the wedding through each one of the vendor's eyes. Exactly. Were you, you know, you mentioned photography. Did you actually like learn photography and shoot some weddings or were you? I was a photographer. Wow. Yeah, I did that job. Wow. That's huge. So, um,
1: that was really fun capturing weddings. Um, I was told by the person that did some mentoring for me, um, I was told that you should feel really nervous like the day of, and then as soon as it takes off, um, you should be feeling a lot better. Um, and then he gave me some guidelines of what to do and how to com- have composure during the ceremony, where because you have to know when to move to get all the right shots. So I listened, I absorbed, um, but what I did not have were the nerves ever.
0: Huh. Okay.
1: And I felt like that actually took away from me as a photographer okay (laughs) you know what i mean
0: yeah because maybe you were you were and that's cool though because this kind (laughs) of speaks to maybe the level of confidence you had that like you can you can do this like you've got it you know
1: maybe but i didn't feel so my work i enjoyed the work myself Mm -hmm. but i um love photography and i didn't see what i wanted to see in my own work Mm, so i didn't think i did have it Uh, a lot of people were hiring me so People saw it, felt like I had it, but it wasn't the quality of work that I wanted for myself. Got it. And I hated the editing process like so much. <laughs> I can't tell you how much. But So that really wasn't a job for me, but I'm very glad that I did it. Um, capturing the best days of people's lives, that was wonderful. And getting to do family shoots and um, the whole nine yards. It was really fun. Awesome. So then at what point
0: do you go from you know doing all the different jobs to saying like what was the transition process like to actually owning a venue and <laughs> specifically asking like how did you how did you get a venue like how did you buy right? a venue yeah. what was that process like
1: um so the process so i am a married woman So the process was years of me convincing my husband. It was a good idea.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Hey, that's, that takes work for sure. I'm, I'm also a married man and I know with my wife, if I have my heart set on something, I sometimes it takes quite a bit of (laughs) convincing. So
1: for sure, for sure. Um, anyway, he supported me in every new task that I was undertaking. Um, and he wanted to support me in this, but it was a really, neither one of us are gamblers. So it felt like a real gamble to him. Um, so it did take quite a while. Um, so when I started my rental coordinating and design business, I had already really wanted the venue. Mm-hmm. And so um,
0: rentals, you were doing like tables, chairs, things like that for other venues?
1: Interestingly enough, I was nomad nuptials. okay, um, And I was working hand-in-hand with my sister, who is a florist and coordinator. Oh, okay. um, so we were a group that you would be able to call, and we if you wanted to have a wedding in a field... We could do your wedding in a field because we could kind of do it all. I mean, I could even take your pictures. Not that I did, but um, we could do it all. And we did on occasion do it all. Um, so to that extent, it was everything. Mm-hmm. And we didn't just piece it out either. You couldn't call and say, we'd like you to do flowers. We'd like your furniture. We didn't do that. It was, we did your coordinating design. Um, and we had all of the rentals. So I'm talking about... Um, your table decor, your chairs, your table, we had it all. So they'd be able to come to us and we would do a full design meeting, including like the flower mock-up. We'd hand you your wedding on wedding day. It was pretty fun.
0: So you almost had, you it sounds like you really had all of the, insides of a wedding, except at that point you didn't have the wedding venue, is that correct? Exactly. Okay. So then how did you, did you find a property? Do you have your eye on a property for a long time? What
1: was that process like? I was looking, right? Looking and convincing, looking and convincing. Okay, back and forth. (laughs) This is is how it was going. So I became best friends with Zillow. Um, And so I always had my eye out for the perfect properties. And we did land on one. It was up in uh, Tanaha. It was absolutely beautiful we were gonna call it Cherry Hill I came up with Cherry Hill um, because I found my thrill on Blueberry Hill and I thought well that's cute And the Spanish word or the English word for the street was cherry so so we I really fell in love with this venue my husband fell in love with that space Hmm. so um, so it didn't work out for us somebody else bought it before we got it Um, but in that moment, I think my husband like got himself a lot more on board.
0: Mm, totally. So because it just, he saw the vision of kind of like, oh, yes. this is a cool spot. Okay.
1: Totally. All right. Um, so, so from that point, he knew I was seriously looking. So it was still looking convincing, looking convincing. That was like a three-year process. <laughs> Sorry, Brian. Um, <laughs> that's what you got to do sometimes. So, um, so it was a three-year process uh, before this particular venue dropped down into my price range. So it had been on the market for a full year and nobody was claiming this beautiful piece of land. Dropped down into my price range and I thought, okay, I'm just gonna drive over there, it's not too far. I wasn't actually ever looking in the wine country. I really loved up in Tanaha, I just loved that area. Um, and for
0: anybody who's listening, just some yes, context yeah, also. Of so we, we are in Southern California here, um, where everything supposedly is much more expensive than everywhere yes, else in the country. For sure. It is pretty <laughs> much true, gas and everything else. But um, we're we're also talking Southern California. We're talking kind of in the in the specific Temecula area, which is right on the border of you know, like North San Diego and then the bottom southern part of, of Riverside County. So Absolutely. just for some, some context, I love that.
1: Thank you very much. Um, Sometimes I think people live in my head with me. <laughs> All right, so um, so for the three years, so then this property popped onto the market and I just simply drove over to it and, um, kind of had to peek through the trees because it is very lush with oak trees. So I peeked through the trees and there was the most perfect little barn. You've seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's such. It was such a beautiful shape. So we did transform it. Um, we didn't really change the structure itself, but we did transform it into what it is today. Um, but it was just the perfect little shape and I, I just couldn't believe my eyes. So um, immediately I told my husband when he got home from work, you've got to... Come with me. Let's get a realtor to go with us. Let us walk around this property because I've I'm got all the feels for this place. Um, it was run down, so we did go. Did get the realtor. Uh, it was really run down, <laughs> um, but I saw the vision and I could understand that there was perfect elements. I could I could see where the parking would go because that's a big deal yeah. when you own a venue. That's a big giant deal. You got to figure yeah. out the parking. I could see it. Um, I could see where the ceremony site would go, although it didn't go in my mind where I thought it was. So I could just, I could see it and I wasn't sure what my husband would be thinking about it. So this is where we were going to move our family. So we weren't just going to buy a venue. We were going to be living there. Got it. Okay. Yeah? Very cool. So. Um, he was very concerned with whatever property that I found that the kids wouldn't have to change schools. So, so I was thinking it's close enough to their schools. Even if I had to like change, like ask the schools to let us have their other, anyway, that doesn't matter. We were in the right district. Nobody had to change schools. So it seemed golden. And my husband actually loved the house more than I loved the house. It's beautiful on the outside. It's got Charm. It's got so much charm, it was really very run down on the inside, and it was... Um, the house itself, not just the barn. Uh, the, okay. everything. Okay. Everything. Um, the property, um, there was a lot to do. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it had a lot of charm, and and he liked it, and that's all I needed. So uh, we did it. That's how we did it. Um, what was the rest of your question?
0: Yeah, so I was wondering, <laughs> when, you, when you got into the venue, so you purchased it as a home, Um, did you, you went through the financing process kind of more like a home buying process instead of like a commercial, like getting an SBA loan or something like that? That's right. Yeah. We we
1: sold our house. So we knew we wanted this one. So we tried to sell our house really fast. Got it. Um, we moved in and we lived in the house the way it was and we went to work immediately on our venue.
0: Got it. So I
1: knew what I wanted it to look like. Um, so it was, um, I think from the day that I said, y'all, I'm putting an offer in on a property that I love, that I started getting requests because I had Nomad Nuptials. Okay. And I had a bit of a following. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So
0: talk to me a little bit about the marketing that you were doing because that's very interesting. You already had some kind of um, market penetration, I guess, because you Mm -hmm. already were in the industry. You were already doing Nomad Nuptials uh, with your sister. So what did that look like then changing from marketing yourself as a full service planning you know coordination rentals all the different things you were offering to now saying hey i have a venue were you going on the knot and wedding wire was it like you were starting to spend money on facebook or google um was it instagram (laughs) like where what were you doing as far as marketing goes
1: right so um so almost nothing honestly so um because we had a bit of a following the second that i said I'm looking at a venue um, people were saying when you buy it I want to be the first one or uh, I'm re- I'm engaged and I want to have a wedding there so when we when we moved in and we started on the process so I had the vision and my husband has the know-how so we started on the process and um, and we knew we had to go real fast So it was just probably a month and a half in when we booked our first bride, and she booked it for, I think, four to five months out. Oh, my gosh. It was crazy.
0: Wait, so you had a property that (laughs) you just moved into. Moved in. And then you started (laughs) construction on it because it was run down, and then you had a four to five. That's insane. That is it was a an, fast
1: timeline. It was really, it was really insane. And, uh, man, did we regret agreeing to do it so fast because mm. we were exhausted. <laughs> I mean, it was so exhausting. Um, but anyway, hindsight, it was perfect. We needed that deadline to get it done quickly. Um, but no, I didn't even have time to think about advertising. Mm. I was just trying to get it done. So, um, and how long ago was that now? Four years ago. Four years ago. Okay. Yep. So okay. it was 2018 that we bought it, and we bought it in May, and we did our first wedding in November. Is that right? April, wow. May, June, July, August, yeah, September, October, it. November. Six months.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so fast. <laughs> so
1: fast. And, <laughs> That's uh, awesome. And it was it was consistent. Like okay. after that first wedding, it didn't stop. So um, so because I understand the the flow of the weddings. I knew exactly where I needed people to go. I knew how to direct them from the parking lot to the, I have a pre-ceremony area. A lot of venues don't have that, but I, I knew as a coordinator that that's something that venues are lacking. So there you go. I love it. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so pre-so you really started to, when you looked at this property, uh-huh. you were kind of were designing the property with the end in mind. You didn't.
1: For sure. It's not
0: like you had the property and said, well, we could do weddings here and then had to figure it out. Like you looked for a property that had the wedding capability you already had it pre-mapped out in your mind and then you kind of executed towards that so
1: i didn't have it pre-mapped out what the um what i was going to do so okay. it wasn't going to be like cookie cutter in my head it was really dependent on that particular venue Got so it. you the, knew that
0: you could shape it yeah so in the program. time
1: that we were trying to sell the other house of course, I was on Google Earth, like at the at the new house that I wanted, that I yeah. was trying to get, um, and I was like, "Oh, that's a great area for parking. We don't even have to clear anything out. We just need to spread some road to base, right?" So I, and then I thought, it, "What? How do I want people to see it?" It changed when we actually moved in, because then you start seeing where the sun rises, set. So I mean, you have to be fluid. You mm-hmm. cannot be rigid, otherwise you can't find the perfect flow for a wedding, and that I think is key. Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, so it sounds like some of the steps and some of the, the building blocks that I think others can take from this is being able to understand like you had a great understanding of the industry already so if you don't have the experience right now you're listening to this this is a dream of yours that you want to do maybe partner with somebody or do what you yeah. did wear all the hats right wear but, all the hats
1: <laughs> that's not practical probably <laughs> but
0: you could partner with somebody who already Absolutely. has some of that experience so you can learn like hey what am i looking for um and so that's huge so you didn't do any marketing did that change at all as you started like as you're maybe a year in or two years in
1: well something that you just said just sparked a memory. So okay. um, partnering and advertising. So I didn't need to um, bring in a partner because I did wear all the hats. Um, however, I've been in the industry for so long that I knew I could count on people to give me their perspective. So in a way that was advertising and partnering. Mm. So I called in um, the DJ that I've used time and time again for the, for however long I've been doing weddings, right? So I called him in and said, um, This is a really big property. What's going to be our best way to um, create the best sound in these environments? Here's where I want the ceremony. Here's where I want the dining. So we talked that through. Um, And then I called in photographers. I called in two. So I didn't want to just look at it from my own perspective. And um, what's the best lighting uh, for the ceremony? What's going to be the best way to have our parent dances? So I really started getting everybody's perspective Um, so I made sure to call in lots of vendors to give me advice and I definitely took it. You have to be a good listener. Mm -hmm. Um, so in a way that was advertising because it did get people super psyched because
0: people were like, Oh my goodness, you know, Kelly's really building this to have (laughs) an incredible venue. Yeah. I know that the couples, so they kind of, those were natural exposure points, natural exposure points. Would you say the, the, which vendors would you say, if you know, you're know you talking to a new venue owner here, which ven- vendors would you say are the highest leverage to connect with as far as people that you want to? Is it DJs, photographers, planners, like you said? Like, right. Which ones are the highest um, leverage?
1: Those three, absolutely. So I would say, uh, just be- maybe it's because of my photography background, but I would have said priority, if you're buying a venue to set up a venue, priority would be a photographer mm. um, because before you waste your time, Um, setting up this just beautiful ceremony site um, and then your photographer can't actually get great pictures because the sun is in the wrong spot, that would be just heartbreaking. So you need to talk to the photographers first. That's that's key. Um, Coordinators, they're great just to even get to your property because they are the ones that will market for you. Mm. They want to do weddings at your property. Clients call them and then they say, oh, there's this great new venue. And that did happened for me, um, which also got us up and running really fast. Um, And then of course, DJs, and that is going to be key for your neighbors. Hmm. So I, I, lately I have been talking a lot about property rights, and that means um, you have your right to do what you want with your property, but your neighbors have property rights. And that means your noise should not be invading their space. That's Hmm. their right to not have to hear you. Hmm. (laughs) You can't be disturbing your neighbors. So it's key to get a dj on board that has been doing this for a long time and understands that there's going to be announcements uh, understands weddings not just like oh that's the coolest club dj i've ever met it needs to be somebody who's familiar with weddings mm. um and and then they can help figure out how to direct sound um they can help figure out how to minimize the announcements that's a that's something that a lot of people don't really think about that that could be an annoying annoyance to your neighbor so um those are the three. Those are the three key. And of course, you might, if you know caterers, you want to get the caterers there because you want their opinion of what are the good spaces for prep and and all of that. So that would probably be my fourth in the line. Um, well, and speaking yeah. of uh,
0: speaking of caterers, so how did you go into thinking about the food and beverage? You know, was this something that you wanted to kind of create an all-inclusive package around, or did you very quickly look for catering partners that you could kind of you know put push guests towards or clients towards? Um, or was it more of a blank canvas thing where you just let anyone, you know, come in and, and bring your own vendor as far as the, the food and the beverage side?
1: That's it. So um, w- when you have alcohol, especially where where I am doing events, um, you have to have a licensed insured bartender. Hmm. You have to. Um, so that is what I knew we needed to bring in. Uh, I had used two, like I had two go-tos that I would use throughout my uh, career. Um but I was happy to start bringing more in, not only to see if I wanted to use their services, but because then they started promoting me as well because I get to know them and like them, they get to know me and like me, and then it's this mutual beneficial experience. Um, so that was alcohol. I had to have a license insured bar service. That's the only way we could have alcohol. Um, as far as catering goes, I did think about... Um, Including a package and I respect venues that decide to do that with the with the catering package Um, It makes a lot of business sense as well Um, For me though, I didn't want that Mm. Um, I wanted each wedding to feel super personalized So I wanted every couple to bring in catering. I needed them to be licensed and insured. That was key Um, Even if I hadn't used them, I allowed it as long as they were licensed and insured. Mm, Makes sense. And then um, if it was a new vendor, I would reach out to them. Like if it was a new person for me, not like they're brand new to the market, but um, if it was new to me, then I would reach out to their company, start a relationship, ask them to come, show them the space, find out what they need. Um, It's really important to find out what your vendors need. Don't treat vendors... I have heard that a lot of venues, and I have experienced it myself, um, treat vendors a little bit like they're a nuisance, uh, that they're on their property and um, they feel like they're going to be causing harm or looking at their property as as their own or something like that. Um, I don't feel like that. I welcome my vendors and I want to support them and I want them to support me. And I think if all venues felt like that about their vendors, they would um, get booked real fast because mm. you have a vendor there now they're going to market for you you're going to market for them everything should be mutually beneficial everything all of it is marketing all of it
0: that makes so much sense yeah and and i love that you said that because you know each vendor like you said is an exposure point through instagram through you know any of the social media platforms they're going to be taking videos they're going to be sharing things they have a network Absolutely. so leveraging that I, I love that okay so we've talked about um, you know, how you got started with a property, talk to me about pricing. Because I think a lot of venue owners get into the, the venue space and maybe they have a, a price in mind that they want to Sell at maybe they do some market research. Yeah. Maybe they start really low. In fact, I talked to a venue owner uh, just yesterday who started. She had a whole weekend that she offered for a thousand dollars when she first started. Well, right. It's
1: marketing, I guess.
0: Yeah, very low, right? But she, her, her goal was just she didn't really know. She just wanted to get started somewhere, right? And then she rose, uh, rose, increased the price, I should say, uh, from there. So how did you think about? pricing. Like where did you start with pricing? How did you decide on the first price? And then how soon after that did you raise it?
1: Right. So um, for me, it's a little bit different because I've been doing weddings for a long time. You were in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, especially when you get into the coordinating side, you see all of the contracts. So I kind of knew what everybody's prices were. Mm. Um, That was not a secret to me because I was, um, I, could, I was full service coordinating, so I would help them um, look through their contracts, look through all the vendor contracts, so I was well familiar with what everybody charged. Um, so for me, it was important to, I, I went to The Knot and, and looked for that year, what are they saying a wedding is gonna cost a year? And then I would go through all the contracts and try and, and, and write it all down for my own eyes, right? What's a cake gonna cost? And I would base it off of 100 because I'm not great at math, and that would be like the easiest go-to, right? So based off of 100 guests, um, here's how much the cake is going to cost. Here's how much it will typically be for if the bride has three bridesmaids, which I find to be average, um, how much will hair and makeup cost? And because I did that as well, so that was also something that was easy for me to figure out. So I actually figured out what it was going to cost for each couple and then compared it to my all-inclusive competition, mm. um, and I never think of venues as competition, except for when you're looking at pricing. It's not even like I'm competing with them, but those are your, you know, those are your comps. Those that's, are the other
0: options. That's yeah, what for, it is. For so absolutely,
1: uh, so you have to think about that, um, and then because I was knowing that I was going to have to start before I was done. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that before I bought the property. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, the five, five six-month turnaround, I mean, that's that's pretty quick.
1: Yeah. So in my head, we would buy it. We would renovate for a year. We would advertise for a year. That was mm-hmm. what I thought we were going to do. And that wow. means we would be having weddings year three because yeah. you advertise, you book. It's going to take a year. Yeah. No, that didn't happen. So, um, which is great. It's kind of cool, though. Licings. I bet for your
0: husband, too, as you're thinking about it financially, definitely. it's like, wow, like, we've got, you know, a stream of revenue here pretty quickly. Yes. On for the heels sure. of the purchase, that's huge.
1: Definitely, definitely. Okay. So, um, he definitely was seeing the gamble was worthwhile. Um, so, I definitely um, came in real low, um, and I came in as, um, more of a DIY space. So I'm gonna charge you for the venue um, and I will raise the price with everything that I finish. Mm. So when you book, if the, you know, whatever I was saying that I was gonna have wasn't finished, you were gonna get it at that lower price. Mm. So book now, right?
0: When it was, and when it was finished, you'd still get it, right? Cause it would yeah. be done, but you yeah. have paid oh, the for, price. Okay, absolutely. absolutely. That adds so a lot of value.
1: It added value. Um, for myself, but it also added a lot of value for couples, and that is why I just was booking and booking and booking. So um, so when we started the first one, we started with a 2500 cost for the venue um, because she was going to be the first one. She was willing to work out the kinks with us. Um, so when she came, I was actually saying, no, you don't want to do this. Let me back up a little bit. My first bride... Um, I was going, she wanted me to coordinate her wedding, um, but I said, I'm going to be too busy because I bought this property. So she knew it was happening. Um, Her other venue was uh, too small for the guests who actually said yes, because she had a lot of out of state family that she didn't expect to say yes, if that makes sense. Um, So she called and she's like, I see you got a space. I would love to come look at it. And I'm like, no, 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 don't waste your time. (laughs) Don't come here from Orange County. Don't do it. Um, And she's like, no, I feel like I want to. So let me come. I'm like, okay. So um, she listened to my words. I mean, we were walking through an equestrian center that had not been cared for for a while. Mm. That's what she was seeing. Wow. Um, and you could see very little progress. Like mm-hmm. I knew the progress we were making, but you really couldn't see it. So I described it with my words. Imagine, I'd stand in the right place and I'd be like, imagine if you will, a strand of five lights coming from the barn and spreading across over to the pavilion. And she's like, oh, I can see that. That's so pretty. And then I would have to do that the whole way through the venue, imagine yourself coming in this bridge that doesn't exist, right? So imagine these things, um, and she fell in love. She called me the next day and said, I can't stop thinking about it. It wasn't what she saw, it was with my words. So you really, I would encourage everybody out there, if you do have a venue and you want it um, to book quickly have a really good idea of you want it to what you want it to be so that you can have a word picture. Mm. And use your hands.
0: <laughs> totally. And it sounds like that, like imagine yourself, like you were helping her see herself utilizing the space yes. in a way that even though it wasn't immediately visible, like she could still tell like that's yes. where she would be. I love that.
1: And it was really fun for me to see everything come to fruition that was living in my mind, but it was just... A fantastic experience for myself. When my brides would come back to do like the planning meetings and things like that, and they'd be like, oh, it's exactly what you said."
0: Because they would see it. That's so. <laughs> it cool. was really fun. I love. It, and it was really fun. Love that moment it of like so fun. the reveal for them, like not seeing it and then seeing it. Talk to me a little bit more about marketing. Okay, so, and, mm-hmm. and actually, let's backtrack real quick. Yeah. So we talked about pricing. Do you, do you mind sharing the starting price? Starting
1: price with 2500
0: 2500 yep. Okay, and that was just for day use? Day use. We're doing it for 10 hours, 12 hours, 5 hours? So
1: I'm a little different than most venue owners, and I tell them that they can come in. I was telling them they could come in as early as 7, but now I say 10 but as early as 7 a.m. because that's the noise ordinance, and they could be there as late as 10 p.m. because that's the noise ordinance, so Mm -hmm. I knew what the noise ordinance was. And for me, sorry about that, um, it's all about um, keeping my neighbors happy. Mm -hmm. So that was key for me. And then as a coordinator, I would say, I'm not your coordinator, but as a coordinator, I'm gonna tell you to think about your event as six and a half hours, because in my opinion, that's money. Yeah. That's the perfect amount of time um, for your guests not to need two meals. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the perfect amount of time for your photographer to get all of the pictures and your couple to not feel pulled, pulled, yeah. pulled. It's really ideal amount of time. So I'd say, well, you, you can come as early as seven and you can stay as late as ten. Your event should be six and a half hours,
0: mm, wherever um, they would like in that. Wherever time. you okay, want so you it give it to them the land. Flexibility. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay, so at a certain point, did you start adding on marketing, like using WeddingWire or The Knot or Facebook ads, Google ads, anything like that? Or did you kind of continue working with the word of mouth referrals that you were getting when you were on social media as well, correct?
1: So, yeah, I quickly switched to Instagram because I understood that that is how people... Um, <clears throat> my main way of advertising my other company was Facebook. Okay. I quickly switched to Nomad, uh, to um, Instagram as soon as I moved to that property because I knew um, that was the new way. Now there's TikTok. Mm-hmm. It's true. <laughs> but anyway, it four years ago, Instagram was the way. Um, and I kept my Pinterest up with photos just because I enjoyed it. So that was always there um, and it stayed the same account. Um, But Instagram, and I didn't pay for anything. I simply was putting up photos. Mm -hmm. And even before it was ready, I would put up this is what I'm going for because I loved Pinterest. So I would see something that was really similar to what lived in my mind, and I'd be like, "Check it out, y'all! This is similar to what I want the ceremony to feel like." And they'd be like, "Oh my gosh, I can't wait to see it!"
0: Yeah, because they would see that vision of okay. Yeah, I love because that.
1: I can't show a picture of what's in my head, and mm-hmm. I'm not an artist. So, um, so that was actually extremely, extremely beneficial um, to the couples, and that would help them want to book with me.
0: Totally, totally, that makes sense. Well, Kelly, let's shift a little bit here. Um, Let's talk about some of the stuff that's been happening more recently, because you have really come (coughs) under fire from the local government, correct? Correct. Um, Can you kind of explain that process? Like what happened, where did this start? And give us a timeline, because again, I think this is an important part of owning a venue. And Mm -hmm. when when you run into something like this, I mean, it's quite jarring. Um, Yeah. And just to say the least, right? And so what, like kind of what happened, where are you at right now, what are you dealing with?
1: Um, So it's kind of huge and it feels pretty new, so I have kind of an idea of what I'm dealing with. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So so when we bought the property, um, the realtor that was selling that house had just flippantly said with her words, um, just off the cuff, right? And you can do events here. Um, And that just was money to my ear, right? So I'm like, great. That won't be a big hassle to figure this out. Because the other property that I wanted to buy that I was telling you about, that's actually what held us up. Because I was trying to convince the county to give me some guidelines. Because they're like, well, there's no permit to get in Riverside County. Mm -hmm. Um, So, okay, so that held us up on the other side and somebody else bought it. Like a
0: major use permit or... Don't have it. So, okay, got it. Yeah,
1: there is no nothing like that. You can't even get a business license in Riverside County unincorporated. Got it. So this yeah. is an
0: unincorporated area, understood. Okay, absolutely. Right. And that was I, for the other that was for the first property. Sorry, I just that was for
1: the first property okay. and the second because oh, they were okay. all unincorporated. Got it, got it. So okay. um we aren't in my address is Temecula, so I'm in the heart of the wine country actually, with the Temecula wine country, but I am officially in the unincorporated Riverside area. Mm, okay. And all of the properties that kind of swoosh up around up into the hills of Tanaha and those areas um, are also in the unincorporated areas. Mm, So, um, So anyway, music to my ears when she says, and you can do weddings, right? So I'm like, great. So we knew we needed to move fast um, because we were hearing somebody's offering cash, right? Because they had just dropped down into that price and somebody else wants it. And so I'm like, buy it, buy it. I don't care what it takes, just get it. Um, so we bought it. And, um, and then we went into the city naive and we're like, we are ready to do our events. Um, and they're like, oh, well, there's no way to get any uh, a special events permit. Well, they said there's no way to get a wedding event permit, I think is how they worded it. Um, so you need to have a business and and go from that direction. I'm like, well, what kind of business? And they're like, well, for example, with the amount of property you have, you could be a farm, but you'd actually have to be a farm. You could be a nursery, but you'd actually have to be a nursery. I'm like, well. I don't want to be a farm and I don't want to be a nursery. So that's mm, tricky. And I didn't have a lot of time on my hands either. So um, so we brought in a lawyer friend and I had a couple of meetings with him. I'm like, I am not a gambler. My husband is not a gambler. How do we do this? I can't get a business license. I can't have a permit. I don't, I don't want this to be terrifying for me. And so they walked us through how we could best um, get up and running. So, we did turn Nomad Naptuals into Nomad Naptuals LLC. Mm-hmm. So, we actually closed down Nomad Naptuals, but for marketing purposes, I kept that same name. Got it. If that okay. makes sense.
0: Perfect. The branding, because so it was already established. It was that established, right. Yeah. So,
1: um, so, that's why I kept that name. And it was um, coordinating rentals, design. I mean, it all made sense. So, um, that is what. No, Nomad nuptials was. And then we were doing business as Winter White Barn. So one is state and the other is uh, county. And with Winter White Barn, we got that set up as events. And they said, Nice. Okay. Right? Very nice. cool. Nice. Yeah. Not that cool, right? Because now they've shut me down. Okay. Because I don't have a permit. This is why. Huh. But there's no permit to get. How did that go about? They just came to you, want someone from the county or the city <laughs> so, showed up? So very recently, um, they put a set team together. That's a special events, special enforcement team set. Um, and it was just three months before they came a knocking at my door hmm. that they were put together. Hmm. and they had already shut down 12 what they call mom-and-pops. Interesting, okay. Yeah, um, and and then I was next. So why were they shutting them down? <laughs> These are good questions. So they're saying because we, we're functioning illegally.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Nonsense, by the way. Um, I am a tax-paying business. I have 15 employees. I pay their taxes through um, a bookkeeping service. Uh, everything that we were doing was as right as we could get it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a surprise to us. But they didn't quite come at me with a cease and desist because um, I had zero complaints, none, like Proven so it zero wasn't like complaints. Neighbors were complaining. Absolutely or not. Like that. Okay. I had three of the neighbors working there. Oh, huh, okay. Yeah. So um, it was a very fun experience for the neighbors. Um, neighbors were coming to help us with the landscape. It was really fun for everyone because we were turning this property that was a little bit run down into something beautiful and magical. Um, the neighborhood loved it. We still have zero complaints today. Wow. That's four years in business, no complaints, wow. tax-paying, um, quality jobs for the neighborhood and for the wedding community. Wow. Um, we also allow vendors from the community to come in because I don't have a full service package. That means I'm offering jobs to a wide community of vendors.
0: Totally, you're supporting the local industry. Absolutely, 100%. So, Wine Country, just from the little bit that I know of it, we actually lived not in Wine Country but in Marietta, which is a little bit further um there's quite a few wedding venues there Mm. there are you know wineries like you mentioned wine country there's you know there's a lot of different spaces to get married. And it even seems like you said, there's those 12 other like mom and pop style venues that this special events team or the special enforcement team had, um, had closed down. So they were closing them down because they were operating illegally. But what have you discovered kind of what's the, what's the gap between not being able to get a permit and, and, and
1: saying you're operating illegally. Right. So here's what is, here's what I have learned so far. So, my venue, specifically mine, is just one block away from the Wine Country Community Plan, um, and that is where the wineries are. So, the wineries back in 2012, I believe, um, it could have been a little earlier, but 2012 specifically, um, they got um, the county to create a, a permit system for them. So, if you're in the Wine Country Community Plan, you have to have 20 acres. Um, you have to be a winery first, meaning you have to have 75% of your property designated for um, grapevines or apple orge, orchards or something like that. Some sort um, of
0: agriculture. Yes. Okay.
1: Well, specifically vines is okay. really what they want, but they now include other things like ancient oaks, um, oak trees, but that's like, they change it a lot. So um, those are things that you can have, but it has to be 75% of your property designated for that. Um because they want the look of Napa Valley, because they want to be the next Napa Valley. Um, But whatever, that's just, that is just the look they're going for. That's fine. So that's what they have set up for themselves. Um, To also be a winery first means you would then have to be making wine with your grapes in your wine, your barrel room, Mm -hmm. or your wine. You have to make the wine. wine Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Um, And then... um, You'd have to have a tasting room, and a certain amount of people would be needing to taste your wine every day to be officially a winery. At that point, if you're an official winery, you can uh, apply for a permit to have weddings. Hmm. Okay, that's for the Wine Country Community Plan. There is no such thing in Riverside County outside of the Wine Country Community Plan. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's a very specific zone. Okay, um, so. I know they got started kind of shutting down mom and pops way back in 2007 when they came after a particular venue that was finding their success. And the wine growers association said Wine Association said, Nope, you can't do it. We don't want you to do it. So um, there was a lot of arguing back and forth. And then she was given a lot of hoops to jump through, and she jumped through all those hoops, and then she went in front of the board of supervisors, and the supervisor said, Nope. So she spent all of that money. Um, in fact, she had just planted olive trees and had to rip out the olive trees to plant vines. Um, she did a lot of things to get herself up and running, very expensive things, and then they said no. So she then got a lawyer and had to go to the court, and the court said, quit messing with her, tell her what you want her to do, and let her have her permit. So she's now functioning with a conditional use permit, which I had never heard of. That's not something that's laid out for the just the average person. Totally. I didn't know what it was until I started fighting this uh, fight. Um, so... Question again? I, so I have a question about
0: that. Uh, then, if you are going to rewind the clock four years and you're going to, you know, go through this whole process again, you know, obviously you have a successful venue, but now you know there's some permitting issues, there's issues with the city and and things like that. Where would you go? again, back then? Like, are, are there certain departments? Is there a city department that you talk to, city planning? Like, right. how would you figure out, and for anyone listening to this maybe right now, thinking like, oh my gosh, would this mm. be some, like something that I would be in danger of? Yeah. Regardless of if you're here in California or any other state, who in city government, like where would you go? Where would you have gone? <laughs> where would you go today if you were starting this process? Yeah,
1: today, so would I have gone, it was a totally different subject, but where you'd go today is specifically to the planning department. Um, You'd go into the county, and you would say, I would like to have a permit, and they would tell you there is no permit for weddings, and you would say, how do I get that, right? And then you would hopefully get to talk to the planning department um, and go from there. Hopefully that works. And what I am fighting for right now is to get a permit in place for Riverside County Unincorporated. Mm. So um, I think... If you're trying to buy a venue in Riverside County unincorporated, maybe just wait a minute um, and just see how it all works out. But um, I think it doesn't have to be terribly scary Um, because I had been in the industry for so long. I knew of the venue via Damor um, that had battled that battle, and I thought... Okay, so I know what she did was put in a soundproof building to have her dancing. Um, her neighbors are super happy, super happy with her now. Um, and I uh, was told by either the county or I research researched, I don't remember, but I knew exactly what the rules were. Um, I could have up to two hundred people. I could have the party as long as I was ending at ten. You know, you have to be really respectful of the um, neighborhood. Ordinances. You can even go off of the um, friendly neighbor ordinances for how to have a party, um, and every zone should say how many people you can have on your property um, without getting a special temporary permit. Mm. Uh, so, because I was a business, I didn't want to have a temporary events. They weren't temporary. They were going to be it's every be week. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so. Right now, I would say anybody looking to buy a venue right now in Riverside County, they just need to wait a minute. Totally. Um, And all of the people in the planning department are saying words like, it is high time that we create this permit system for special events in Riverside County Unincorporated. Um, There are people in... City Hall that are saying the same thing. Um, There are people that are backing this idea, and there are people that are opposing this idea. Mm. Um, When we first went to the supervisor board meeting, and 40 people came to support me, um, and there were six of us that stood up to give speeches. Um, we were just going to speak at this supervisor board meeting in the public comments. That's your right as a citizen, whatever your district is, you can go and say whatever you want. You could talk about puppies. You could do what you want. You have two minutes to talk about puppies, right? So uh, I think <laughs> I'm gonna go. talk about your venue. <laughs> I love that. I'm gonna go and talk about my venue, so. Um, this was brought to my attention by somebody who works in our supervisor uh, of District 3, which is my district. Um, one of his, It was actually his chief of staff brought it to my attention that we could go and speak in the public comments. Okay, great. That was actually a setup, and there were seven big wineries there to oppose us. Mm. And two of them actually stood up to oppose us. And at that time, I knew without a shadow of a doubt who was against me. Mm. No doubt at all. Um, so I know who's opposing me and then people have been reaching out in the official level to say who's supporting me. Hmm. Um, so you just have to be brave. So back then we just went, we thought, let's just be brave and do it because that is that is what was thrown at our feet. There was no way we could feel safer than the way we did it. Um, what I had also seen of other venues, the only way that they were getting up and running is at some point, they would get in trouble by their neighbors, mm-hmm. and then they would go and fight and get some kind of leniency to have their events. I didn't know what that was, but I saw it happen time and time again. So I thought, I gotta get favor with my neighbors straight away, not only because I'm a respectful person, but I knew that they, my, my event space could be at risk if I annoyed anyone. Mm-hmm. So we sought the, um, the respect of the neighbors right away. That's actually super important, um, get to know your neighbors. Um, and then I never had a problem so I thought, whew, smooth sailing. You're fine. I mean, (laughs) never thought there would ever be a problem ever because I thought smooth sailing. The neighbors like me. We have neighbors asking, Hey, can we have a job? Absolutely. You can have a job here. How fun is that? So, um, uh, we did some events for community that was just pro bono events. Um, I thought it was smooth sailing for us. Mm I'm like, great, we don't even have to go through the trouble of having the county come down hard on us to fight to get back up, which Mm -hmm. I I knew was a possibility. Mm -hmm. Um, But I didn't understand that it could happen to me because I thought it would be neighboring complaints. Mm -hmm. So why did they come knocking? They actually hunted me down. They actually sought me out and could not find anything wrong. I'm a taxpaying business. I have no complaints. I was following all the rules. Um, So the first thing that was slapped on my fence was because I soundproofed the barn because I'm a listener and I knew that a venue up the hill had done had had her venue and had to go to court to fight for it and they told her she had to have a soundproof barn okay well I know I need that Mm -hmm. and that way I don't have to worry about bothering my neighbors so um, so we did that we got the soundproofing up and that was simply a cosmetic uh, addition so Mm -hmm. we painted the inside of the barn white um, we scrubbed everything cleaned everything and pretty much just sprayed the heck out of uh, the whole thing after put and it was cinder block so after putting in um, soundproof insulation and then a soundproof plywood on top of that Um, and of course my husband knows how to do all this stuff so he's like researching the best way how to put these things in so um, we had to do it fast and it was exhausting and i became an acrobat climbing up in the eaves Um, so we did temporary i mean not temporary but we did just cosmetic fix in my opinion, because we didn't take any of the structure down, we pressed plywood up on the existing walls. So with you get insulation. that soundproof, okay? Exactly. Um, and this was
0: after you got kind of a first initial complaint, or this was before? no, this, was this, oh, this was, was this was before in the beginning. Initially, okay, sorry, okay. yeah, uh, yeah, totally. it was confusing.
1: There, um, initially, we went in and we knew we needed a soundproof, so we did it. Didn't think to permit that because we were simply putting up insulation and plywood yeah. on top of a structure that was already there. It yeah. was permitted structure with electricity. So we changed out the shop lights and put pretty little pendants. Um, It seemed cosmetic to us. didn't even occur to us to have that permitted. Mm -hmm. So the first complaint from code enforcement was that we were using a permitted structure in an unpermitted way. And we're like, what the heck does that mean? Right? So like, we were panicked. What does this mean? We were booked all the way out to November of 23. Wow. Yeah. So this was a big deal. I see this and my husband's like, oh, it's no big deal. It's probably not a big deal. And I'm like, it feels like a big deal. Like weight on my shoulder, big deal. So, um, so that's kind of how the whole thing started. Um, I called for clarity on Monday and this woman didn't, She wasn't familiar with that code, 457, and she just kept flipping around. She asked for my address, and she's like, you have no complaints about anything. That's why I know for sure Mm -hmm. it was not a noise complaint. It was not a complaint from a neighbor because nothing was on my file the second that I called. Um, She's like, I have no idea. I don't know what that is. So then my husband's like, I'm just going to go into the county on my day off. So that was a Monday, and he went in on a Wednesday, and that's when he heard – that we are using the barn as a habitable space instead of an agricultural space. Okay, and we're like, forgive us, right? So. Sorry, we didn't even think about having it permitted. Let us permit it now. And they're like, and we don't actually want you doing your events. Okay, so I wasn't there because my husband just went in to talk. What is, what is this structural thing here? What are we talking about? And he's calling me, whispering, saying, they're going to call me back. This is about your events. I'm like, what the heck? So, um, so anyway, it just sort of became a nightmare from there and spiraled. But what we learned was that planning department, um, was probably going to be unwilling to work with us because they don't want weddings happening, which was confusing to me. Weddings are joyful. Weddings are lovely. If you have a professional wedding event space that cares about soundproofing the neighbors um, and they're a tax paying business, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense to take that away because that is just Making room for all the backyard weddings who don't know what they're doing and it's going to be loud and they don't know when to stop and they don't know when to start and they don't know where to aim the speakers. That's going to be a real nightmare. Backyard weddings are not going to stop. Mm-hmm. Riverside County's not going to end having weddings. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to end respectful businesses. That's what's going to happen through this like they did with mine.
0: Um, so then yeah. where, where are you at now in the process? You're, you are, you know, they gave you this notice. you have been going yeah. through this process. You feel, it sounds like you really feel specifically like picked out or targeted. targeted. Yeah. Yeah. So are you now, what are you doing to fight back? Are you still operational? Like where, what yeah. kind of is the current state of things? Right. For you?
1: So watch winter white barn on Instagram because I'm posting all the time there. But, um, so I mean, I had to give myself a crash course on how to fight this injustice. So I have a sister who is a writer, and I have a large community that supported me. So I called in one particular day, when, at, right after they gave us a cease and desist, um, after they had told me that I could keep all of my contracted events. So they said, okay, um, we actually shut down every wedding venue that comes through our doors. but. We see promise in you. We see that there, it's high time for there to be a permit system in Riverside County. We see that this who's, could, say, who's saying that planning department.
0: Okay, so the planning department yeah. uh, representative, city representative, that yeah, was specifically Russell
1: Brady and Kathleen Mitchell. They were the heads of the planning department. Um, very knowledgeable people. Um, they were ready to work with us. Uh, and so they gave us steps to walk through and so I'm like quickly okay I'm gonna walk through those steps and they're telling us the order of who we should be talking to and who we'd have to have approval from one of the people that was on my wait why but why do I have to do that was even sitting there in the room when they said this is actually where we it's a hatchet job this is where we tell you absolutely not you're done um, however we see favor in you so um here are the people you need to speak to to get approval. And one of them was um, the Wine Growers Association. And I'm mm. like, why? Why do I need that?
0: Yeah.
1: And they're like, you just have to. Why? I mean, I just, it still makes no sense. That's a different zone that has nothing to do with me. I definitely am not trying to be a winery. I don't want to be a winery. I don't even really drink. I like some whiskey. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but I'm not a wine drinker. Um, it's not my thing. And I don't want to be a vineyard. I am a wedding specialist. That's what I do. Mm -hmm. Um, We all want specialists nowadays. Come to me for your weddings. Go to the wineries for wine. I just, it doesn't, there's no competition here. Mm -hmm. Their weddings are beautiful. They're successful. I'm not trying to compete. I'm trying to do my own thing, right? So I, I, I never could rest easy with why do I have to get approval from the wine growers association? It doesn't doesn't compute. Um, and so that's when I thought something's fishy here and are they targeting me? And then I knew it for sure when they came to oppose me when we spoke in public comment. Um, what was the question?
0: Yeah. So, no, I was wondering where are you at right now? Are you, um, are you, now you have to go get approval from them. So, like, are you
1: right? So they going had Right, so they process? had given us the steps, and then they shut us down. So now it was just a big fight. That's what I was telling you. So it's just every day I have to figure it out for myself because they gave me a cease and desist, but they are allowing me to jump through the hoops. So the planning department, they are allowing me to continue jumping through hoops to get a permit in place, but I'm being told at the end you're not going to get it.
0: Who's, so the planning department's telling you that, but they're also...
1: Not the planning department. Okay. They're, they're, they actually really want to create a special events permit for Riverside County Unincorporated because who wants to have their job a hatchet man? Hmm. No, nobody. Nobody wants that. They don't, they're not trying to break people's hearts. You shut down a wedding venue, you're breaking the hearts of couples, you're ruining the livelihood of the business owner and all the people who work for them. Hmm. Um, who wants that job? Um, besides code enforcement, <laughs> um, not the people in the planning department. So mm. they want me to go for this permit, um, but I am being told from other people in government, governing positions that it's not going, to, Robin Brock said it um, to me. She is the ch- deputy chief of staff to Chuck Washington. They're not going to allow you to get this permit. Don't waste your money. Hmm. So I'm being told they're not going to let me get it. I I'm a believer and I am a fighter, so I'm doing it anyway. Hmm. You're going and I keep saying you're going to have to let me have this permit <laughs> because it doesn't make any sense to not let me have this permit. Hmm. I am a respectful business. Within four days of the shutdown, I had 45 letters of support from my neighbors, hmm. um, and then I had 45 or. 40 letters within the next week from community members Mm. so that's
0: fascinating that is wild yeah well and and so it's interesting because it almost feels like you couldn't have done anything on the outset to like figure out what what this you know what you're up against it definitely seems like you're up against something yeah um so that's interesting like for anyone who is listening to this or watching on youtube um you know if you have something like a winery or like a strip of breweries or any sort of like large organization Mm -hmm. that's that could be a potential threat like even though it seems like (laughs) yeah it could be something that would be a benefit to draw people into the area maybe that could be a potential threat and so that is that's wild well everyone is going to have to check out the Winter White Barn Instagram because you're going to keep us updated. Absolutely. With the process as you go through this. And, you know, I think it would really be great. It seems like four unincorporated areas, and I know there are other unincorporated areas all throughout the country. Right. Um, and venues are in often rural areas, right? Absolutely. Family barns, fam- you know, family properties, things like that. And so um, that that is fascinating. It's pretty scary, you know? Yeah. And so we'll definitely be following along with you and, you and your journey and your your fight and your experience through this and i really appreciate you just like taking the time to come on and share this experience with us <laughs> your process for you know getting buying the venue and and now having this wedding venue and kind of the challenges that you're facing now so yeah does uh is there any other place other than the winter white barn instagram that you'd like people to connect with you or you know if they're interested in checking up on on your progress and kind of where you're at where you'd like them to go online
1: I think that's actually the best place because, uh, yeah, I had to take down everything else. That was part of my punishment, if you will. So there's nowhere else you can find me um, except for Winter White Barn on Instagram. That's it. Got it. Um, And then that's it. Okay, cool. Awesome. (laughs) Kelly, thank you so much for coming on the (laughs) show today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's always fun to talk with you. Yes,
0: yes, (laughs) it is. And we will see everyone else in the next episode as we keep on with this series talking to venue owners. Thanks. We'll see you in the next video. Hey there. Thanks so much for listening. If you are a return listener, could you do me a huge favor and consider rating and reviewing the show? We don't run ads. We're not really looking to do that, but we do want to grow the show. And so my ask to you is you take a moment or two and rate the show wherever you're listening to it, whether that is Apple music, Spotify, uh, even if you're on, you know, YouTube, I'd love to, I'd love to hear from you. Please shoot me a DM though on Instagram so that I can thank you personally. And I'd love to shout you out as well. I appreciate you more than you can imagine. All right, back to the show.